What happens when we've learned to not be emotionally present with our partner in life, if we witness that in our parents' dynamic, if they weren't present for each other, or um, if you know we didn't have to be present for, say, our siblings or other kids that we grew up with in school, if we weren't emotionally present, if that wasn't a priority, then we learned to say without words, I don't really care about what's happening in your heart. The truth about emotional availability. Welcome to this episode. I'm of course your host Brady Mack and you're listening to Embodied Relating with Brady Mack. This episode is all about how to be not just physically available and in the same room as your partner, but emotionally available. See, the emotions are the deepest part of our being. Physically, we can show up and be there, but without the emotions, eh, it's not much connection. Mentally, we can be there. We can be in the logic with each other. We can understand uh, the, the next move like a chessboard, but still have our connection thwarted. So how do we create emotional availability for each other? Well, this dives into understanding the masculine and the feminine, our needs, our wants, our desires, and I'm going to do my best to cover all of that today and talk about the truth of what it means to be emotionally available. I'm here at my house in Byron Bay and it is pouring rain today. It's been pouring rain for about two days and no surprise because we live in the middle of the jungle in a rainforest where there's lots of precipitation. So if you hear the rain in the background, that's what's happening um, is it's pouring rain outside and um, it makes for beautiful nature sounds. So enjoy. <clears throat> When we think about life, when you think about your life, think about all the things that are happening in life. I mean, life is crazy. We had three cars break down this past month. We're thinking about moving again. Uh, we're working to get our visa situation, not to mention working on our relationship and our businesses. Like, there's so much going on, and you probably have some of those happening for your life, but also some others. And Life is dynamic, life is a roller coaster. So, how do we create, in the midst of all that's going on, emotional availability as well? Well, I have this theory that the emotions dictate the outcome in life. And oftentimes we think it's the other way around where you know the outcome once i get the house once i have the money once i have the partner then like i can feel safe i can feel the emotion of relaxation i can feel uh safety i can feel abundant once i get that but my theory is that it actually works the other way around when we are able to tap into the emotion how we get to feel our brain and our nervous system becomes familiar with that state. And when your brain and your nervous system is familiar with a certain state, 
it's going to seek more of that. So if I tap into the feeling of resting in abundance, and I really know that feeling really well, later on when the world around me changes to provide that abundance, my nervous system's not going to freak out and feel imposter syndrome and then do something else to make its way out of that. It's going to know that feeling. It's going to feel familiar in that. And it's going to feel like home. So how do we create this in relationship, right? In, in our love life, in creating these emotions of connection, of intimacy, of fulfilling our desires, of feeling safe with our partner, of relaxing with our partner, of feeling excitement and joy and bliss with our partner. Well, all of that happens from emotional availability. And I get it, you know, like I said, life is crazy at times and it's a roller coaster and I'm not emotionally available all the time. I do my best to be emotionally available as much as I can, but there's certainly times when I don't feel fully there, right? And maybe you've experienced this either within yourself or with your partner where you're there, but you're not really connected to each other. And if you've ever experienced this, you can know how annoying it can be if your partner is like in the same room, but like 50% there. It's not super enjoyable. And Loa and I have this rule and it's kind of an unspoken rule, but we have this rule where we're either 100% with each other or not at all. And that works really well for us because when we're together, we're really together. And when we choose not to be together or when we aren't emotionally available for each other, we take space. And oftentimes it's because we're focused on something else, maybe business or maybe you know, creating content or maybe uh, it's doing something around the house or chopping firewood or, you know, all of these things. It's like, I'm not going to try to chop firewood and be emotionally available for Loa. It just doesn't make sense. And actually it works much better when I can segment all of these different parts and be fully present with whatever it is that I'm being present with. And Loa can do the same. Now, full disclosure, she's a lot better at this than, than I am. Um, and part of that's because, you know, I grew up in a way where I didn't have to be fully present. And, you know, in my parental dynamic with my parents, they, they didn't necessarily need me to be fully present. A lot of what happened was, you know, I was very privileged in a lot of ways for, you know, my parents to take care of a lot of things which meant that I didn't have to like do so much to take care of like finances or take care of, um, you know, getting myself to hockey practice. Like I always had a drive. I, you know, always had like food prepared for me. There was lots of, of things that I didn't actually have to be fully present for. And in some ways that sounds really great. You're like, oh, like what a privileged kid. In other ways, that's really handicapped me because then later on in life, 
I didn't know how to, you know, make my own food. I didn't know how to figure out my own finances. I didn't know how to like organize my schedule and, and week around, you know, hockey practice or school or all of those other things. So in some ways the privilege actually set me back and I had to relearn how to, you know, be present for my finances, be present for how to make meals, be present for my scheduling. And um, unfortunately, that was something that I had to learn much later on in life, although I did do a pretty good job of learning, I, I like to think. So what happens when we've learned to not be emotionally present with our partner in life, if we witness that in our parents' dynamic, if they weren't present for each other, or um, if you know, we didn't have to be present for, say, our siblings or other kids, that we grew up with in school, if we weren't emotionally present, if that wasn't a priority, then we learned to say without words, I don't really care about what's happening in your heart. And that's a pretty deep statement. And we're not intentionally saying that, but in those moments, maybe you felt this, when your partner's not fully present, they're not fully there, it feels like they're ignoring you, they, they don't care about your process, about what's happening for you. And this happens in different ways, right? The feminine is typically much better at paying attention to this and paying attention to the masculine, where his attention is. And this can be a beautiful gift, right? It can also be perceived as annoying for the masculine when the feminine is like where is your attention where is your attention where is your attention where is your attention and he's like you know like get off my back it's 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 wherever it is but the wholehearted divine feminine in her fullest potential what she's really saying is give me more consciousness you know, she is aware of his consciousness when it's getting sucked into maybe, you know, scrolling through Instagram or when his consciousness is, is thinking about, I don't know, things that are less important for the, the family, for the world, for his community, for himself. And she's demanding him, she's demanding more of him, right? This is what the clean feminine is really asking for. She says, place your attention in the right place. Place your attention in the appropriate place. Be a light for the world. Be more conscious. And so we can use that as a gift, as the masculine. We can, we can understand that when our feminine partner is questioning where is our attention, she's doing this out of love. Hopefully. She could also, there's a shadow to that, she could also be questioning the attention out of needing the attention. And that's like a level one or level two level of relating from the feminine where she's really, um, she's saying, I need you for love as opposed to I am love. And from this place of love, I, I, I wish for your attention to be in, a, in an appropriate place. And so the feminine pays really close attention to this, right? And she's paying attention to where the masculine's attention actually is. Now the masculine's attention likely is somewhere along the lines of providing, right? 
So this can be a little confusing at times for couples because the feminine's like, where is your attention? How come it's not here in the family? But the masculine's attention is sometimes on like the big picture. He's like, I want to provide for the family. Like my attention's on work and I'm going to focus so much attention on work because that's what provides for the family. And understanding that for the, the feminine to understand, oh, his attention is, is providing, is, is for the work and for good reason, because actually that's his way of giving attention to us as, as a, a structural piece, right, as, as a whole. So we can start to understand, like, why our attention might seem like it's elsewhere, but really it's, it, it can be for the cause of the family. So this is just something to be aware of when you're thinking about your partner, thinking about where their attention is, thinking about why they might be questioning your attention. It's likely out of, out of love, hopefully out of love. If you're listening to this podcast, I can imagine it's out of love. There's probably a high degree of consciousness that's listening to this podcast and the feminine is probably practicing being love. And the masculine is probably practicing being freedom. And these are the higher stage three levels of relating that I like to refer to based upon the work of uh, David Data, his brilliant work. Anyone who's in the polarity game knows about David Data. So what can happen is we can fail to see each other in these ways. We can fail to see the freedom that the masculine is and is craving. We can fail to see the love that the feminine is and is craving. And, you know, this method of like emotionally being available for each other is, is important too. So for the, the masculine, he loves to witness the feminine in her emotional process, typically in, in a pleasurable way. When like there's nothing that turns the masculine on more than witnessing the feminine in pleasure. And this is when she's in that state of love, right? And if she is, is really craving the attention of, uh, or the emotional availability of the masculine, she can be in the practice of finding pleasure in her system and finding how to embody love. And for the masculine, if he wants to be the provider, if he wants to give the love, the most beautiful way that he can do it is to give free love, free attention to her, to witness her in that pleasure practice, in that experience of embodying love and to see it as a gift. To, to use it as a nutrient to say, oh, I need more of that. Yes, it's beautiful. And this is, this is the start to like fully being emotionally available. And sometimes it takes these little cues, these little techniques, these little understandings of each other and the, the masculine and feminine polarities to st start to get you back into that place of... Um, emotional availability for each other and from there you can allow for more to expand you know for her to be more expressive and to embody more love how much love can she embody in her in her system 
how much attention and groundedness and certainty can he embody in his system? How much freedom in the witnessing of her can he embody? How much of a gift can he witness of her in whatever process that starts to emerge? And if it's pleasure in her body or if it's anger or if it's, if it's frustration or if it's, if it's something ecstatic, how can he just witness her emotional process as not a burden, but as, as a gift? You know, when we think about nature, nature, mother nature, she represents the feminine and sometimes it's rainy like it is here today. And as a practice of attention, we can view this rain as a gift. And if it's sunny, we can view that as a gift. But if there's a hurricane the next day, we can view it as a gift. And these are the fluctuations of emotions. There is some unpredictability to it. And if we can be with that, witness that, enjoy it, say, yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're in harmony with her. Now, what can happen is sometimes we have these, let's call them stormy emotions. And there can be the tendency to go into avoiding them or propping, right? It's like, no, I'm not feeling sadness. No, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> it's not a good look, right? Because somewhere along the lines, our mind and our emotions have become tangled up and misaligned. So the practice is to authentically own what's happening there, not to prop, not to pretend, but to be authentically aligned to the emotional state that we are in and be able to clearly communicate that to our partner. And for the partner who's receiving that to fully receive that, to, to view that as a gift. For the masculine and the feminine, they both want to be seen. They both want to be seen in their emotional process, their mind process, their physical process, their spiritual process, but they want to be seen in different ways, typically. Typically, the masculine wants to be seen for all he's done throughout the day. Can he be appreciated for the way he's providing, the way he's building, the, the work that he's done, and the effort that he's put in? For the feminine, she primarily wants to be seen for the love that she creates in the world, for the belonging, the community. How is her heart? How are her emotions? For the masculine, if he can check in with her emotions, ask her, how is her heart? Find out, you know, more about her. Are you paying attention? Do you know what color her socks and her underwear are? that day. If not, find out. Be curious about her, right? Let her reveal herself in this beautiful way. Be interested in that. For him, do you know how his community is? How his brothers are? How his support system is? How his golf game went? What did he achieve that day? Are you proud of him? Is he proud of himself? If not, how can you love him into being proud of himself? These are the deeper questions that are required for us to be emotionally available for each other, to be curious about each other's heart, about each other's community. Let's be there for each other. 
be on someone's team. Who else in the world is closer than your intimate partner? No one. So when you think about emotional availability, you are the access, the gateway to your partner's stability, to their emotions, to their process, to their heart. You are the gateway to their heart for them. No one else in the world is probably closer to them than, than you are. Be that person. Be that person that you would love for your family, your future family to be. Because you're creating that in every moment. Check in on each other's hearts. Check in on the experiences that you're having throughout the day. Be present. Be that person. Don't do it later. Do it now. Go check on your person. Text message, a video, a voice note, a cuddle. Be love. Be freedom. Be that person that your partner would love for you to be. And do it from a place of integrity, from a place of your own emotional availability and stability. Peace and love, everybody. I thank you so much for being here. Let me know what you thought in the comments below, and I would love to see you in the next episode. Hello, you beautiful souls. Thank you for listening to the Embodied Relationship Podcast with Brady Mack. I want to introduce to you a program for those of you who are in relationship, who are potentially married or just in a longer-term relationship and might be feeling stuck or uncertain or simply craving more intimacy in your long-term relationship. The program that I would love to introduce to you is my signature program, which is the Embodied Relationship Council. And this is a journey where you get to embark on opening the heart and exploring the power of mindfulness, emotional healing, as well as the science of lasting connection. And it's not just about the spark, it's about creating conscious love that evolves over time and actually thrives with more time together. And so this is a, a space for a conversation for you and your partner to come together and to experience what it's like to grow together in love and understand the warm, loving embrace of each other's souls. Through the joys, through the challenges, we learn how to overcome all of this through conscious love. So if you're craving a love that really feels like home, a connection that nourishes your heart, implore you to check out Embodied Relationship Council and let's deep dive into your soul's growth, your soul's liberation and the magic of conscious love together. If you're interested in joining the Embodied Relationship Council, click the link in the show notes and I look forward to seeing your application come in. Peace and love everybody.